Recently, St. Louis in Tune had the opportunity to interview candidates for the mayoral race in the city of St. Louis. Don't forget the primary election will be held on March the 2nd and the general election on April the 6th. Let's listen now to an interview that we had with Tashara Jones. Tashara Jones started her career as a public servant in 2002 when she was appointed as Democratic Committee Woman of the 8th Ward in the city of St. Louis. She served two terms in the Missouri House of Representatives and was selected as the first African-American woman in Missouri history to hold the position of Assistant Minority Floor Leader. She also is the first African-American woman to serve as Treasurer of St. Louis, which is the position she currently holds. Treasurer Jones has a bachelor's degree in finance from Hampton University and a master's degree in health administration from St. Louis University School of Public Health. Why do you want to be the mayor of the city of St. Louis? Uh, Because our city is in need of change and not incremental change. I mean, transformational, drastic change. Um, It it really pains me to see uh, other Midwestern cities that seem to be growing in population and um, and really thriving, yet our uh, city uh, seems to be held back. And the only thing that's holding us back is ourselves. We are standing in our own way. And I want to build a city where everyone is able to succeed, regardless of your zip code, who you love, how you worship, or the color of your skin, or any identity you hold. I'm going to ask you this question as it relates to some of your top priorities that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not counting the new soccer stadium or the foundry or NGA, what are the three top priorities that you have that will make the biggest impact for all of the citizens in the city of St. Louis? I think the one of the plans that will have the biggest impact is, is attacking crime and public safety um, and putting the public back in public safety and addressing our reputation as being one of the most uh, violent cities in the Midwest or in the country. We need to uh, have a community first approach to public safety. And that means bringing everyone to the table, not just those of us in the city. Uh, We need to address it as a region. And addressing it as a region also means declaring uh, gun violence as a public health crisis and enlisting the help of our flagship universities and hospitals uh, to address, and when you address it as a public health crisis, you look at the science and the epidemiology and the data and look at the root causes. And this, uh, and what I'm speaking of, has is, is not new. It's been done in other cities across the country, and they've seen market results when they bring everybody to the table. Because that's the theme that I've seen in cities that uh, have seen a reduced and violent. Uh, a reduction in violent crime. Everyone is at the table, whether you live in East St. Louis or Wentzville or or uh, Sunset Hills or Penrose. Everyone is at the table with a community first and community focused approach to public safety. So how do you get that regional kind of understanding and bringing those people to the to the table? Because they may say, well, that's kind of your problem. You're down there in the city. How would you bring them to the table? Well, I think we all can agree that we have uh, a shared destiny. What happens in the city affects the county and vice versa. And people outside of St. Louis don't necessarily see that there's a difference between Chesterfield and South St. Louis. Uh, They see it all as St. Louis. And we have to uh, look at our destinies as linked and shared and address them accordingly. And I I think that once there is a plan in place and we bring those regional leaders to the table, 
I think they'll be open to uh, working together to make sure that everyone has a chance to uh, to succeed and to uh, and to survive and thrive um, in this region. So that kind of regional collaboration would also be implemented for homelessness, would you say? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that we can build on the work that the continuum of care is already doing. Uh, they're taking a regional focus. Um, and I think that, you know, making sure that they have the resources they need to uh, deliver services, to provide housing, uh, to provide different places around the region for people to access services if they find themselves unhoused or in, in you know, a predicament where they are in danger of being unhoused. Again, you know, I think it's we have to take a regional approach. We can't just say that that's their problem over there because our destinies are linked. Now, there's been a great deal of investment in the city and continues to be. But it seems like the city hangs on to large scale projects. Yet there is a supportive base of infrastructure and safety, which lacks a continued support from residents of the city and also regionally. So I'm, I'm kind of talking about the remodeling of the Arch Grounds, Washington Avenue, Ballpark Village, the new soccer stadium, NGA. What will you do as mayor to maximize the boost to the city and maintain it in the foundational areas of infrastructure and safety? Well, we can't expect our entire city to succeed if we're only investing in half of it. Uh, and all of those projects that you named are either in downtown or in the central corridor. Um, we need to be intentional about investment in other places outside of downtown in the central corridor because those places haven't seen investment in decades. And so we should not be surprised that we're losing population um, and that our schools are closing. So what can we do to to direct investment in North St. Louis and parts of South St. Louis that haven't been invested in? Um, what can we do to bring those give those families hope? What can we do to make uh, safe and affordable housing? and to rebuild the infrastructure that's already there. And as those neighborhoods come back, what can we do to keep those families that have been there for generations in their homes and have them participate in the success of the rebirth of their neighborhoods? Now, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about some urban planning, which really relates a little bit to your answer. Mm -hmm. What have you done to educate yourself about 21st century urban planning? Uh, so. What I've done to educate myself about 21st century urban planning is, uh, you know, I think that the people closest to the solution are closest to the problem. So in my, my neighborhood, for example, which is north of Del Mar, um, we've been working with um, a planning agency to uh, to look at the neighborhoods that make up uh, West End and the, around Ivory Perry Park and uh, and coming together and uh as neighbors to uh, sort of plan our our development and our future for this neighborhood, for, for where we live. Uh, that sort of neighborhood development uh, needs to be replicated across the city. And I am hopeful um, in, the, in, in the release of the um, new equitable uh, economic development report that the SLDC spent $800,000 on to tell us that we need neighborhood development. But I'm hopeful that we can uh, take some of the uh, information in that report uh, and start to uh, really uh, uh, involve the community in the in, in the fate of their neighborhoods and, and, and provide them the resources and tools they need uh, to plan their neighborhoods uh, and to plan uh, our city going forward. What do you think's been the impediment for that happening previously? Leadership. 
leadership and, and, and actually paying attention to uh, uh, people outside of the Central Corridor and downtown. Like, I'm the only mayoral candidate who spent most of her life uh, born and raised in North St. Louis. I, you know, lived in South St. Louis for a little while, but for the most part, I was born and raised in North St. Louis. And so I have fond memories of what North St. Louis used to be and how it was safe for me and my friends to walk up and down West Florissant and go to the library in Walnut Park or to go to school at Herzog Elementary or uh, to walk between my aunt's homes um, in the uh, uh, Hamilton Heights neighborhoods. So, you know, I have fond memories and know that know that things can be better. And so I dream big and I and because I think bigger and better is indeed possible. Speaking of downtown, there's been a lot of drag racing, cars going fast. But I'm thinking about calming traffic, road design, and just not in downtown, the use of bicycles for more transportation, making things more pedestrian friendly. How would you assist helping people get through the city and improving our transportation system? Well, right now, our, the way we uh, do transportation planning is very reactive. Uh, so I would support a planning process that includes the entire city, uh, not just, you know, particular aldermen that want a stop sign or a speed hump uh, in their neighborhood because enough of their constituents complain. I mean, the, you know, traffic is an issue all across our city, and I don't think we do a good job at, at planning for it citywide rather than just neighborhood by neighborhood or squeaky wheel by squeaky wheel. Uh, depending on the alderman, depending on, you know, depending on the neighborhood, you see different things in different neighborhoods. Like, you know, if you're in the Sixth Ward or around Compton Heights, you see the uh, the traffic calming balls or the concrete balls. Um, if you're in the West End, you see what used to be called shamel pots. So, you know, I think we we need to do a, a very comprehensive deep dive into what uh, real traffic planning and traffic calming looks like for the entire city, not just certain neighborhoods. In dealing with people at City Hall, it seems like sometimes you run up against a brick wall. How do you go about handling people who are not doing their job or when the accepted norm of a department is less than the standard it should be? Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that we suffer from in, in City Hall is a lack of communication, a lack of regular communication and, and a lack of time to actually build, build relationships. Um, and as a result, uh, we see a very reactive response to a lot of things that go on in our city. And so I want to change that and, and have an open door policy for our aldermen and other citywide elected officials to uh, be able to meet with the mayor to uh, get what they need from me and then I'll move out of the way. And and I think that and we do our citizens a great disservice by, by acting that way with each other uh, because we don't get anything done for the people who pay our salaries. So I, I want to bring in a sort of culture shift, a new change uh, to be able to I work with uh, with my colleagues and, and we don't have to love each other. I, 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 I have the I live by a mantra. So I don't have to love you to work with you, but I do at least want to establish a, a culture of mutual respect. Respect goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on streamlining the bureaucracy within the city? I'm all for it. 
I'm all for it. Uh, I've been able to do uh, as much as I can uh, to streamline uh, processes in, in my office, in the treasurer's office. Um, one example, um, and a lot of people don't even see this, but uh, the process of, of getting a permit for a parade used to be onerous. Like you would have to go and mark off every meter or write down the number of every meter along the parade route and then bring that list to the treasurer's office in City Hall and then pay for the uh, meter blockage and then take that piece of paper over to the streets department and show them that you paid for it and then pay for another permit at the streets department to then block off the route and then take that paperwork back to the treasurer's office to show that you've paid for it at the streets department. So I spoke, you know, we had several meetings with the streets department. This was back in like 2013, 2014, right after I took office. And I said, what can we do to streamline this? You know, can people pay for everything at your office and then you can just send us our portion afterwards? Absolutely. Can we agree that this is a standard parade route, you know, down market from, was it Union Station to Keener Plaza? We can agree on that. And can we agree on a flat fee for this particular service? We agreed on that. And so now all you got to do is go one place, you pay it in person at the streets department, and then we get our piece on the back end. You know, so it's just having those conversations to see where those bottlenecks are, where the red tape is, and then just moving forward with a, a solution that benefits everybody. I think we can do that, you know, again, if we have, uh, we have communication within the departments with the other citywide elected officials and, and see how we can put all of that information online uh, for people to, uh, to access and with checklists so, so they know what they need even before they come to City Hall. And this has been done. I just had a conversation yesterday with Kansas City and, and, and looked at how they do, how they've streamlined their entire process of starting a new business or renewing your business license in Kansas City, and you can do it all online. I've heard the business license generation is very cumbersome here in the city. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it doesn't have to be. And I don't, I don't see why we can't work together to try to take away some of the angst and some of the bottlenecks and, and have our systems talk to each other because there are several, you know, several different departments are on different networks because of, you know, a whole other issue of PCI compliance that we won't get into because that's getting into the weeds. But um, we can start the process of, you know, how can we provide um, a network that people don't have to jump off of and have separate IT systems and, and have a network that's working for everybody. Now, let's say you get on the elevator with someone and you're going to be going up 25 stories or 30 stories in a building, and you've got about 45 seconds to tell that person who you are and about your campaign and what you represent. What would you tell them? So I would tell them, uh, you know, I'm Tashara Jones, and I'm the treasurer of the city of St. Louis, and I'm currently running for mayor. And it's one thing to have a vision and a platform, but it's a whole different thing to turn that vision and platform into a reality. And that's exactly what I've done in the treasurer's office over the last eight years. I'm the only candidate with the executive experience of turning a vision into a reality, the management experience of leading a staff of hundreds of people and a budget of, of millions of dollars and relationships on the state and national levels to put St. Louis back on the map. So how can people find out more about your campaign? They can find out more about my campaign at www 
Tashara, the number four mayor.com. And Tashara is spelled T-I-S-H-A-U-R-A. Treasurer Jones, thank you very much for being on St. Louis in Tune. We greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been very enjoyable.